Hi, and welcome to Figure of Speech, a program from WRBH where every week you can meet local poets and writers from the New Orleans community and listen to them share their work. Take a listen. We're here to talk to Melinda Palacio about her new book of poetry, Bird Forgiveness. Melinda, how would you uh, like to start by reading the title poem? Oh, and thank you, Steve. Bird Forgiveness. Forgiveness begins with the bird for Alicia. Her pigeon flies through thin jail bars in Argentina, a skinny symbol of humanity, not big enough for a meal. For Ramon, forgiveness begins with the mockingbird lost in Ramon's seventh floor downtown loft, as if to tell him life in L.A. is redundant. The second struggle fools the bird as furious bones and wings flutter in Ramon's cupped palms. For Shole, her bird is a beloved niece, the girl gone the way of the thorn bird who sings, I'm okay in Farsi. No bird language needed when a suicide of words fails. Her way out, deed done. For me, forgiveness begins with dead birds at my feet. Beautiful bird bodies blur. First, a red cardinal's baby bird hush. A soft winter landing. Then... A yellow finch plops hard on concrete. I fling bird bodies to the wind and trash. I was supposed to save their feathers, shield their tender corpses from the calico cat, bury them for safekeeping. I was supposed to do more. Forgive me, birds. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, you want to tell us a little about the publisher, Three Taos Press? Uh, yes, but first I'll, I'll say a little bit about um, bird forgiveness. Um, the, uh, the title poem originated, yes, I was at a poetry reading at Beyond Baroque in Venice, California, and all of the poets had birds come into their 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 reading at least you know one of them so i put them all together and it just so happened that that poem became the title poem for for the new book and to get back to your question about the publisher three towels press the the the, the publisher andrea watson was at a reading that I participated in in Phoenix, Arizona. And she heard me read and she said, I want to publish your next book. And I was very excited because it's not every day that a publisher comes up to you and says, hey, I want to publish your next book. Um, and Three Taos Press is uh, an independent press out of uh, none other than Taos, New Mexico, so it's um, it, it's it's very exciting, and and there will I'll also have some readings coming up in Taos, 
but first there'll be um, the New Orleans book launch. We'll talk about that in a bit, uh, but I'm wondering about the uh, spectacular cover of this book. Uh, you want to tell us a little about the cover art and the artist? Yes, um, the cover art, it's a, a pelican morphing into a human at, rendered uh, in, in, in gorgeous pencil by Sylvia Santa Maria. Sylvia's a local uh, New Orleans artist from uh, her family's from Venezuela. And she's product of the UNO family. She did her BA at UNO and she's now completing her MFA. And Pelicano, the, the cover image, was one of the works that she presented for her, her degree. And when I saw it, I just knew that was going to be the cover. That, that had to be the cover of Bird Forgiveness. Of <laughs> Well, how about uh, reading us? I know there's a poem in this book about that painting or that drawing uh, by Sylvia. Would you like to read us that poem? Oh, yes. Pelicano Pardo, after Sylvia Santa Maria's Pelicano. When the age of birds gave way to the time of man, Pelicano was no stranger to morphine. First, he was an egg hatched by warm feet, time spent in anticipation of cracking the pink ceiling, cresting a new world, gave way to a mother's beak filled with fish. From male to female, he is now a she. Wings unfurl from long matted hair, awake in awkward mutated state. The landing and takeoff prove hardest. On bended knee, as if proposing, a faint blue eye turned sideways. Egyptian profile immortalized on thick papyrus, pouched, closed, proud bill snapped shut. This is how she wants to be remembered in mid-morph, half-human, half-bird. Mutable mutant, she acclimates to climate spikes, her thunderous thighs, generous belly, fly south and thrive. She prefers brown and white wings to hands. Birds and humans. Would you like to say anything about the, the title of the book in, in relationship to that idea of, of it, it, it features birds, but it's really uh, many of the poems are more about humans than birds. Yes, it's um, for for those looking for a straight-on, you know, taxonomy of bird poems. They might be a little disappointed, but I think the the cover image uh, with the, a, a half human and half pelican, and the title "Bird Forgiveness." gives you a sense that there's something deeper uh, going on. There's the idea of um, birds and and then the human idea of forgiveness of of exactly what is it, what are we doing um, to our environment? What are we 
um, doing to each other and how do we uh, reconcile all that. In uh, about 1911, we used to use canaries in coal mines and the birds always kind of tell us what the state of the world is. Recently, uh, with the fires in California, it seemed like uh, after the fi- the fire, for a long time after the fires, you you didn't really hear songbirds out and about, and they're always sort of a touchstone of our of our existence. Um, your your grandmother was uh, was involved with birds uh, in a in a unique way. Uh, you. Would you like to say something about her? And well, my yes, my 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 grandmother always she enjoyed uh, keeping uh, caged birds and birds as pets, and she would have um, uh, some some of the birds she would let loose and would let perch on her <laughs> shoulder, but mostly um, she she kept singing birds in in cages and um i had a, a a unique experience of taking care of her during the last month of her life and it sort of brought the whole issue of of life and love and forgiveness all full circle in just that one month oh uh, you have a poem about that uh, yes, <laughs> there's very little. There's there's so much in this book. I'm realizing now <laughs> what the birds know. The birds know not to complain about the sad state of their cage, neglected waste, and green water. My grandmother lies paralyzed in her bed. I knock on her door and tell her that one of her birds is losing its crown of feathers. They always fight, she says. Her half-closed eyelids indicate she is tired of talking about her caged birds, tired of her distasteful life. She murmurs, even the water tastes wrong. If only I could eat chile verde. Why aren't you bringing me dinner? ¿Dónde está la comida? Her birds must think the same thing. ¿Dónde está la comida? Why does the water taste wrong? This place depresses me. When can I go? I roll up the cage's rotten stench. Scrub away fluorescent algae, fill plastic holders with seed, but her birds remain angry. The blue parakeet continues to give her green companion a haircut. She pecks and pecks at his balding head. The two live like an old married couple, waiting for calloused hands to feed them a grandmother to whistle and talk to them. Who wouldn't go mad cooped up in a cage? When my grandmother's spirit, a wavy mist, leaves 
her mouth like a genie escaping an open bottle. I say goodbye. Open all the doors and windows in the house. Tiptoe to her birdcage and let them all fly free. Um, the first idea I've heard you mention about uh, this book came as a result of an unfortunate incident with a red cardinal at your feet. Would you like to say something about that? Yes. Um, when when we lived on Carondelet, just in this uh, condos right behind the the hotel, the current hotel Indigo, um, there's a big big cypress tree and I, I I used to enjoy you know going outside just to see the birds and all, all different kinds of birds um, but one one day without even thinking of, of 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 noticing the birds I was just getting into my car and a red cardinal a very young bird just fell out of the nest and just plopped at, dead at my feet and uh, unfortunately it was too late to save the bird i think it maybe it was it had frozen it was winter and winter as you know in new orleans can can be surprisingly cold it's it's hard to think of that now with such warm temperatures on this summer day and I, and I was just in a kind of shock <laughs> and was even more shocked when it happened again in a completely, in California, in a completely different place. Another bird just, you know, fallen a, a tall tree. And when they fall from such a high perch, they just, their little bodies can't survive. Tell us about, um, about, uh, your California bird friend, Elvis. <laughs> yes. Um, in in uh, for, for those who may not know, I, I, I also live I, I I also live in Santa Barbara, California, and Elvis is a. When you look at him, you'd say, "Oh, it's a it's a scrub jay," but uh, Santa Barbara now has its own its its own classification uh it, the it's it's the um it's the san it's the channel island scrub jay and what makes it the the, the channel island scrub jay a little bit different from other scrub jays is is there's just more um distinct shades of brown in in the bluebird and so this one particular uh Channel Island scrub jay often comes to uh, to the balcony, and I've just named him Elvis, and and sometimes um, I I just call all the other bluebirds Elvis, <laughs> even if they're not my Elvis, they're all Elvis now. <laughs> well, read us a poem about Elvis. <laughs> Elvis. All bluebirds are named Elvis. Elvis sighted on my patio. Elvis pecking too close at leftovers during happy hour. 
Elvis not in blue suede shoes, but in soft down. Blue fades to gray and brown. A white mottled belly, jet crown, despite his feeling so lonely. Elvis all shook up and fat on corn and sunflower seeds. Elvis crooning and shaking his tail feathers. Elvis, oh, how he loves my fruit trees, takes the sweetest note from the middle of the orange and leaves the shell hanging until a second look reveals his avian trick. Elvis turns loose on smaller birds who try to take his place at the rotating stage of a bird feeder. Elvis, louder than any schoolgirl fan, hungry cries, a song I cannot ignore. Elvis leaves the building, flies towards the neighbor's house. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It was a lot of fun to write. Um, I know um, from reading your poems that you're very tuned in to what's happening to the environment, both here in Louisiana and in, in the United States in general. Um, what were you trying to say about the, the environment with these poems, with this collection? I wanted to call it attention to how we could do a little bit more to to be um, just a little bit more responsible for the environment. You know, we've had disastrous oil spills, and when you see the photos, especially of of pelicans and ducks and all of the birds just covered. In in oil, it's um, it it makes you think. Why why can't we be a little better at our jobs? You know, we're 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 the ones in charge here. You know, the the the, the poor oil so soaked birds are are aren't. Um, you know, it's not their fault. It's our fault, and but. You know, I'm. I'm not. This is something that everyone knows. I don't need to. You know, I don't need to take the book and beat you on the head with it or yeah. hammer it too hard. Um, and in so some some of the poems take a more light-hearted approach, but I hope that the seriousness of the of the issues um, will help bring about change. In that vein, one of your light-hearted but but meaningful poems about the subject of the environment is How to Wash a Duck. I wonder if you'd read that one for us. Oh, yes. How to Wash a Duck. One. A soft scarf secures the bill. Firm hands of a striptease artist. Two. Ignore the stifled quacks emitted through the muffled bill. Three, a second pair of gloved hands must hold the flapping wings closed. Four, allow the tail feathers to wiggle, bounce, and dance like Donald Duck forgetting to be mad. Even in frustration, 
a hunk of fluff, bouncing duck butt, swaying from side to side, makes right in the world. Five, begin and end with two webbed leathery feet. A holy act is to wash a duck's feet. Six, scrub soap on the pretty part of the mallard's wings. The ocean and bird's teal feathers shine as slick oil slips away. Seven, use the same dish soap on these precious oil-slathered birds as the brand you use at home, palm olive, much better than dove, as the TV lady used to say. Eight, Hope that after the scrub and rinse, only the duck's natural oil remains, protective of man's messy disaster. Nine, apologize for spilled oil polluting an entire habitat, marsh, ocean, and earth. The duck doesn't care if it's his fault, my fault, or yours. Offer a duck a prayer. Whisper it to anyone who cares to hear. 10. Release the restless, chatty bill. Watch the duck waddle. Exit a blanketed crate. Then freedom. That's great. I know you have a lot of events uh, coming up uh, all over the country, it seems. Um, I'm wondering if you could just brief us uh, a little bit on the uh, New Orleans and Louisiana events that are coming up. Oh, yes. Well, there's, um, uh, I'll just mention the summer ones. There'll be more later. Of course, there's the Louisiana Book Festival in November and an event at, U- at UNO. But for now, um, the, the, the New Orleans book launch of Bird Forgiveness will be at Octavia Books July 25th. Wednesday at 6 p.m. And the week after that, um, August, August um, 3rd, the uh, Creole, the Cajun Creole Country Book Launch at the Tesh Center for the Arts at 210 East Bridge Street in Pro Bridge will be again August 3rd, 6 p.m. on Friday. Uh, we've got a little time left. Um, I've got a little more in the way of questions for you, but before we close, I want to make sure we get in this poem, um, Bones for Feathers. Oh, thank you. Bones for Feathers. Was it the whistlers egging you on, daring you to take one final plunge, their trilling whistle like zeal and applause? and love you've always longed for. Oh, those Siena ducks, northern migrants to New Orleans like you, not a goose of the safe, everyday kind, but a flighty, spontaneous bird. Snappy, someone called you. Was it a compliment? Who cares? Days turned to night-filled adventure down Bourbon Street, and upriver. That warm spring and sultry summer, a hazy blur until perfect fall weather. How friendly everyone was at first, 
food and drink aplenty. When your money ran out, the faces staring back at you changed. Some wanted to lock you up, medicated in a padded cell. No room for loonies or loners. Lucky for you, said the shelter. A lanky lady with less than trustworthy marbled eyes warned you to stay safe, away from shifty campers under the bridge. One day you found yourself mesmerized by the joggers in Audubon Park. Where are they all going to as they circle the green lagoon and loop back again and again? Blindly following, white arrows on concrete, blanketed in dumb determination. Groups of women like the flock of white geese chattering in the corner, moving as one around the water's edge. Or perhaps you were wooed by the cob swan, who preened, fluffed his feathers, and teased, as if waiting all this time for you to say, This is where I'll end my days. In this bird-filled lagoon, I will be your mate. Your final metamorphosis complete. You took a victory lap in the lagoon, then filled your lungs with water, exchanged your bones for feathers. Beautiful and sad. In the few seconds we have left, I wonder if you could tell people where they could get the book and if there are other projects you're working on. Uh, yes, you can get the book at uh, your favorite bookstore uh, and here locally, Octavia Books, uh, uptown New Orleans. And uh, um, Thank you, uh, Melinda. But thanks, Steve. You've been listening to Figure of Speech, a community poetry and writing program from WRBH. You can tune in on Saturdays at 1 p.m. and every Monday at 9 p.m. for more great New Orleans writing. Thanks for listening.